The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Well, hello, everybody. This is Suzanne Giesman, and this is fun to say I'm coming to you live from the Afterlife Conference in Orlando, Florida, where tonight I'll be part of a panel of speakers talking about the afterlife, of course. That makes sense, doesn't it? And tomorrow I'll be giving a talk on mediumship and bereavement, how mediumship helps people to overcome their grief. I wish all of you could be here to hear that one. And then Saturday I give a three-hour workshop, so it's going to be a fun weekend. I have lots of conferences coming up in 2019, so if you missed this one, I have a lot of opportunities to share all over the country. But my favorite opportunity is sharing with you every week right here on Unity Online Radio. I am laughing. If any of you know my work and know my guide, Sanaya, they taught us a phrase to use in the past when things don't go the way you hope they should. Instead of getting all bent out of shape and getting upset and, and losing your balance, you just take a breath when something doesn't go right and you say, I know there are a bunch of you that know what you say, you say, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and in that moment of breathing and saying that, you've gone to this beautiful place of neutrality where you're no longer off balance. You've gone above the issue and you can see it from the big picture. And so five minutes ago, when our sound engineer, Louie, came on, I said, Louie, we're taking callers today because this is the first Thursday of the month and we always do Q&A with Suzanne. And he says, well, Suzanne, we had a power outage earlier and we can't take callers. So you know what I said? <laughs> I said, what do you mean you can't take callers? No, I didn't say that. I said, isn't that interesting? And this is where my background as a Navy officer comes in handy because I am prepared. I have in my hand a whole bunch of questions from a webinar the other night that I did when people called in with their questions. And there are pages of questions that we didn't get to answer. So I'm sitting here all relaxed while Louie is pulling his hair out trying to fix the phone lines. So no worries. Once they're fixed, he's going to let me know, and I'll give you that phone number. And those of you who 
hopefully are standing by to call in with live questions, can do so. But in the meantime, I have a couple things I want to chat with you about anyway, and then I'll get to the questions. I wanted to tell you how excited I am because today, my latest, my third in the series of meditations in my mediumship series was released by the Hemisync Company. And I don't want this to sound like a commercial because that's what not what this show is about. But these are tools for increasing our connection across the veil, which is what my work is all about. And this latest Hemisync recording is called Working With Your Guides. And I love this new set of recordings. It's three of them done professionally, of course, in the studio with the Hemisync tones added to it to aid in going deeper and having a, a more expansive experience. This, The scripts for this were given to me from my guides, Sanaya, and it's really powerful. The few people that listened to it in advance just kind of said, whoa, and they had experiences with their own guides. So uh, you can find out more about that on my website, SuzanneGiesman.com, or go straight to Hemisync.com. That's H-E-M-I dash S-Y-N-C. But uh, I just want to give you a quick example of how I work with my guides daily. Those of you who follow Sanaya Says know that they give us a message every day on how to make our lives more peaceful, to have more happiness, to connect with our loved ones who have passed. But they will answer just about any question we have if it serves the greater good. You all have guides. If you haven't met them yet, the the new series helps you to learn how to do that, but it's as simple as believing that you have guides and then learning to shift your awareness to the level where you can connect with them. So my most recent example of how awesome they are occurred this morning. Uh, Ty and I couldn't sleep. It was like four in the morning. He got up first to go get a snack and, and then I laid there and for a while couldn't sleep. And I said, well, I might as well get up too. So got up for a few minutes, had a bite to eat. We went back to bed and now it's 4.30 in the morning and I'm still wide awake. And so I said, well, can't sleep. Might as well talk to my guides. And so I just shifted my awareness and I said, what could I ask them? And I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be speaking at First Unity of St. Petersburg on December 2nd, speaking of Unity Churches, and Reverend Temple Hayes, who's the senior minister there, had just emailed me and asked me what I'm going to speak about during the Sunday service. She needed a title for my talk. I know the workshop I'm going to be giving is called Magnificent You, and that's all ready to go after the service, but I didn't have a clue what I was going to talk about, a 20-minute message during the church service. And you know, it's so much easier when we go to our guides for help. You know, what what issue are you dealing with? Have you been walking around saying, what do I do? How do I handle this? I don't know what to do. Well, that is the perfect time to pause, to sit quietly, open your mind, and ask your guides, what do I do about this issue? So lying there in bed at 4.30, Ty's already starting to, to well, he doesn't really snore, but breathe in that in that way that you know he's fallen asleep and uh, I said okay my guides what is the best topic to share with the congregation of First Unity on December 2nd and I thought I would just plant the seed I thought I might get the answer later in the morning or in a couple days but instantly 
they gave me a download of talking about our stories and how we get trapped in the story and how we can experience forgiveness when we step outside the story. They told me the perfect example based on a reading that I gave lately, how this woman found healing and the ability to find forgiveness. It was instantaneous and I had to roll over and get my pad of paper and then I could tell I disturbed Ty and I said I'm sorry I made the mistake of asking my guides a question and they gave me the answer already and I just quickly in the dark wrote out the outline for the 20 minutes and then fell asleep so it's that easy to get help with our issues we just have to remember that we have guides that they are standing by to help us if we only ask so I haven't heard from Louie yet. I am going to go to my question and answer pages here. And I have to tell you all, I haven't looked at these questions, so it's really the same as fielding them live. So let's go to the first one. This person wrote, I trust and believe that all is God. God is in everything. As an expression of God, I see with the eyes of the Christed. Currently, I'm having great difficulty seeing and accepting others as they are, the Christ. Instead, I judge through inner thought. Please speak to how I might change this lack and limitation. I love that these questions go beyond mediumship because it's by answering questions like this, by asking the big questions that we raise our own consciousness and as we raise our consciousness, that allows us to have this connection with those in the greater reality. So if your ultimate goal is to connect with loved ones and connect across the veil, just by asking these types of questions and working on raising our personal vibration, we're, we're dealing with two issues at once, having more peace in our life and increasing the possibility of connecting across the veil. So great question. How do I change lack and limitation that keeps us from seeing the God in everything and everyone? Well, this is the perfect question because it goes directly to what I was just talking about in the message my guides want me to give at First Unity on December 2nd. And that's realizing that we have a choice in all moments between two viewpoints, two points of view. The first point of view is I, the separate self, and that's your story. That's your person. That's who you are as you are playing a role in this life. Now, that's pretty much all most of us know is our role. I state your name. That's your story. That I know that I am acting out the Suzanne story. And I have been since I took my first breath and my parents said, let's call her Suzanne. That's one viewpoint. But it's when you come to know that there is a greater aspect of all of us. The Christ itself is one term for it. The true self, the soul. There are many names for this aspect of its ourselves, but it's the part of us where we know true oneness. There is no story, simply pure awareness. That's the self that we go to for things like saying, isn't that interesting when life goes awry? 
The soul is a bit of an intermediary between the story and pure awareness. If all of us remained in the state of pure awareness, we wouldn't be able to communi communicate. We need to have thoughts and concepts, but we can be awake and aware and beyond the story as a soul. So to see others as we see ourselves, to know as an awakened being, I am the light, we need to simply shift our viewpoint out of the story to the light. And that is exactly that, a shift in viewpoint. How do you do that? It's simpler than you might think. Realize that the thinking takes place in the mind, in the head. But the knowing that we are one takes place in the heart-mind. Those are two different aspects of us that are always present. And this is why the goal as humans is to awaken to our true dual nature right now as both human and spirit and to balance the thinker with the knower, the head with the heart. So if you find yourself judging others, that's coming from the limited sense of a separate self. In other words, the story. To truly see others with love requires going to the heart and realizing that all of us arise from the same source, this God source, this sea of pure consciousness, this sea of love. It's not just Pollyanna wishful thinking. We are souls. The heart knows this, and this is why this kind of talk resonates with those of you who are listening to this show. Something has called you to follow that path of the awakened being. So when you catch yourself judging others and you know it's not your true nature, find a word such as story that catches you and says, oh, I'm in my story. I'm looking through the filtered single lens of the mind. Let me sink down into the heart where I know true oneness and let me see that aspect of the one I'm looking at and judging. And you can see right past the story and know that the I am in me is the I am in them. And you're now seeing the division in them as well. You're seeing the story from an objective viewpoint as the witness. And you can actually laugh at yourself and laugh at them for playing these roles and identifying with them and getting so caught up in the story that you might have forgotten for a while who we are. And this is exactly what Rumi was talking about, the poet, when he said, out beyond ideas, of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I will meet you there. That field is the heart's energetic field, the field of oneness. And to meet someone there means we have set aside our differences. We have set aside the roles that we have agreed to play as humans in bodies, but we know we're more than that. And boy, the heart just opens with that compassion, comes to the surface, and we see things in a wholly new light.
So that's a bit of a wordy answer, but this is the kind of thing that I'm going to be sharing with all of you who can join me at my Holy You retreat at Unity Village next April 11 to 14 with lots of tools about how to find that place of oneness in us, how to know that it's been here all along and is as close as our breath. So this is first Thursday. I'm supposed to be taking calls from callers live, but the power outage at Unity Village disabled the call-in line. I haven't heard from Louis yet. I can hear him breathing heavy in the background from time to time, so I know he's still working on the issue. But let me just take another question that was given to me at my webinar the other night. So let's see. Here's the next one. I realize that we are all at different levels of realization as we take this spiritual journey. I also realize that this is an ebb and flow with our spiritual awakening. So the question is, when the connection starts out strong, then seems to wane for days or weeks, how does one keep from judging oneself that we're doing something wrong? Great question, and I love that I can speak to this one from experience at the human level of when I do readings for people one-on-one, -on -one, there is an ebb and flow of the connection as well. Everything is consciousness and everything goes in cycles. So many influential cycles. That's why we have astrology. We have the tides of the ocean. We have the, the planetary influences. We have our body influences. Some of you may have experienced uh, up grades in your consciousness, in your awareness, in your attunement to the spirit world, to your intuition. Sometimes you're just so tuned in, so aligned, and other times it does seem to wane. Just knowing that this is natural, hopefully will give you more patience and know that you're being given a break because sometimes the flood of information, the attunement can knock us off balance. So it's good when we reach those plateaus, just flow with how life presents itself to you. And again, this is an opportunity to practice that those, the choice between, am I frustrated? Then I'm in my story. If I shift now to soul awareness, to open heart awareness, where I simply know that all is in perfect order, then I use this downtime or this lack of attunement time to simply tune into what is available to me in this moment and ask, what is it I have to learn from what is being presented to me? So it's we, the human who wants everything to be great, bells and whistles in our meditation, perfect attunement and alignment at all times. And when it's not, Perhaps there's a lesson there. So just to recap that, know that things do come in cycles. Just understanding that can lead to patience. But if we're impatient, then we're in the story. Then we're identifying with the human side. As limitless beings, as souls, there is limitless, infinite patience. All righty. I don't see any callers coming up on the screen yet, so we can't take live callers.
but I'm going to keep going. How about another? I'm almost afraid to ask these questions because I might get one I don't know the answer to. And as soon as I say that, what happens? My awareness, the higher awareness just said, where there's fear, you're in the story. So see, we apply this all the time. You can apply this in your own life. The Suzanne story says, oh my goodness, I'm doing live radio. What if I get a question that I don't have an answer to? And then catch that fear, you shift to the higher self and you say, the soul knows that all is in perfect order. And the correct answer or the correct way to deal with any situation is always right there in the heart. For there is no past, there is no future. Everything bubbles up in the moment if we only pause to tune into what is bubbling up. So without reading ahead to the next question, I'm just going to read it. All right. Have you ever given a reading, received almost all yes answers, and three I don't knows, <laughs> and then have the sitter tell others that the reader had no hits. So I can discern from this that this is probably a medium in training who gave a reading, got a lot of yeses, and then suddenly from the information they're giving to their sitter or client, the sitter said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, to three pieces of evidence in a row. And then the sitter said that they got no hits. Oh, this can be very frustrating for a medium. And again, frustration is part of the story. If a medium judges a reading based on yeses, nos, and I don't knows, then we're going to be opening ourselves to frustration. I have had readings where I've, I can remember two readings, happily only two out of well over a thousand readings, where I felt the reading went very well. The sitter was saying yes, 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 or I don't know. And then they came back later and said, they didn't connect with my loved ones. That was all wrong. And you sit back and the human side says, what are they talking about? They said it was right at the time. And it causes me to go back and talk to my guides, who are always our greatest teachers, and say, what is the lesson in this? Because the human is knocked off balance. And the lesson is that we as mediums need to trust the connection we feel with the spirit. The, the mantra is trust the spirit, not the sitter. And I've often wondered, you know, what if I had a sitter that's lying and says, yes, that's a yes, and that's a yes, and that's a yes. We have to trust the connection with the spirit and serve them. And that's why I advise all of my mediumship students, tune into the presence of the person across the veil. Can you feel them? I learned from that very first time when my sitter kept saying, yes, that's accurate, yes, that's accurate, that I really wasn't feeling the strong presence of a spirit. This was way, way back when I was relatively new at this. And it is possible to pick up information about someone who has crossed from your client or your sitter's memory field. That's called psychism. It's not mediumship. That's like telepathy. I could tune into my husband Ty and know things about his mother or his father strictly from reading his mind. That's not mediumship. 
I hope that those of you listening would find this interesting, even if you're not mediums. So a valid ethical medium will want to tune in and make sure I'm not just picking up information out of the air. I need to feel the presence of a spirit who's here with me. So it was a really great lesson for me to not rely on sitters saying, yes, that's right, yes, that's right, but to rely on the presence of a spirit. How does it feel? Do I feel that lightheaded sense when a spirit steps in? It's unmistakable. Do I feel their physical symptoms of how they passed or illnesses they might have had? That's always a good indication to me that the spirit is right here. Do I feel them communicating with me back and forth, telling me things that even the sitter doesn't know. And that's why when I get no's from that their loved one in spirit is here with me, I say to the sitter, you are telling me you don't know what this is, but I can tell your loved one is right here. And they are showing me this, this, and this. Trust the spirit. A perfect example of this was when I did a reading for a woman and her loved one on the other side showed me an owl and said that an owl was their sign that they were around. And my client said, no, I haven't seen any owls, so I got to know. And if you don't trust the spirit, that would be a great time to think, oh, I messed up. I'm wrong and be thrown off by that no. But instead... I turned back to the spirit and I said, your mom doesn't know anything about this owl. Are you sure? And this spirit who I could feel by their personality said, trust me on this. The owl is my sign. So I told mom to trust that owl. And here's where the magic really happened. The next, within the next week, I can't remember exactly the timeline. It was either the next day or within that week. This sounds incredible, but I know this happened. She shared it with a whole group of us afterwards. An owl flew up to her house. The front door was open. The owl flew in the front door, flew up the stairs, and went straight to her son's bedroom. <laughs> Can you imagine? And stayed in the bedroom until they were able to chase it out of the bedroom and back out of the house. I have goosebumps. I hope you do too. What better sign could you ask for? And if I had not trusted that that spirit was actually there, we would have missed the most magical moment. So we're going to take a break now. I hope you'll come back. Hopefully we'll be able to take live callers. If not, I'll continue with these questions that, that my assistant Bev printed out for me in advance. I hope you're having fun. I just love sharing with you, whether live or not. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light, getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person, and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought, too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force, which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher, who is loved by so many people, left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's Vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click shop. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Do you dread going to work every day and just pray for Friday? Get a fresh perspective on your career with Mo Fall and bring your soul to work every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. A leadership mentor and career coach, Mo can help you go from underpaid, unsatisfied, and unappreciated to loving your life and career again. Join the show and let Mo guide you to make some real-life changes. Tune in every Thursday here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Well, hi, everybody. If you've been with us so far, you know that this is the first Thursday of the month. And the first Thursday of the month, I take live callers. But because this is Earth School and things don't always go as we plan, we are unable to take live callers today due to a power outage at Unity Village. I'm just grateful we were able to do the show at all. So you're stuck with me but I do have a bunch of questions because I guess my guides were looking out for me or my Navy training kicked in. I'm not sure. Maybe a little of both. And I 
asked my assistant Bev to email me a bunch of questions that went unanswered due to lack of time at a webinar I did the other night. So I have pages of questions in front of me. I don't know what everybody's asking. I'm answering them on the spot just like we would do normally, except I miss that that wonderful, loving exchange that I feel with all of you when you do call in live. I was going to give away a free copy of my Making the Connection online course, but we'll just do that next month again anyway. So let's go back to the questions. I'm sorry y'all can't call in, but so many good questions, starting with this one. Do young children who transition stay the same age or do they continue to grow? Now, most of the questions that people ask, I have to shift and ask my guides and, and get the answers from a higher place. But this one, I already know the answer because I've experienced it so often in doing my readings as an evidential medium. Young children who transition dissolve back into the soul, just as all of us are always both soul and human. Souls maintain the story that we play out here, the roles that we play out here. So that story is always part of the soul and can take on any age, any appearance that will best serve the greater good. For example, my friend Brenda Baker, who those of you who've listened to the show know Brenda's story. We have a wonderful episode about her recorded on uh, May 31st. Or was it March? No, May 31st. But anyway, Brenda has come back from the other side since she transitioned. And she shows me that in full soul awareness, she doesn't have to show up as the Brenda story at all. But she does because that's how I recognize her. And that's how our other friends to whom she, she, she shows up recognize her. Now, my beautiful stepdaughter, Susan, whose passing initiated this path for me. She was six months pregnant when she passed. When Ty and I went to a medium to find out if Susan is still with us, she appeared with a little baby boy at her side. That was life-changing for me because that medium could not have known that Susan was pregnant with a baby boy who she was going to name Liam Tyler after my husband, Ty, her dad. So why did that soul of that baby show up as a toddler? I did the, the timeline, and he would not have been a toddler, but his soul appeared to the medium as a toddler so that she would say, there's a little baby boy here with her. It shows the brilliance of the soul, and why wouldn't it be? We all arise from that same creative source, that same infinite intelligence. It flows through and is all of us. So it takes on roles for the sheer joy of it. I had a young boy named Evan on the other side. Was it Evan? Yeah. He showed up to me at the age at which he passed so that I was able to say to his mom, he appears to me a young boy, seven, eight, or nine years old. And then later he showed me himself older with a beard and, and showing his mom that, you know, he could take on any age he wanted. But his message was, I'll always be your little boy, mom. And when you cross to the other side, that's how I'm going to appear to you. So you recognize me. Isn't that beautiful? And it sounds like a joke, but from what I've experienced, it's true that other than when we show up for our loved ones in readings or, or perhaps 
in their dreams, those on the other side take on the age that they feel like being. And the typical age that a spirit would assume is about 35, perfect weight, perfect health. And that just makes sense, doesn't it? So good, good question there. Again, we're not taking live callers today because of a problem in the studio, but I am answering questions that were sent in in advance for a past webinar that I had. So, oh, this is funny. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's on the paper here. It's not planned. The question is, are you planning to do more hemi-sync CDs? And if you tuned in at the beginning of the show, yes, and the new one was just released today, working with your spirit guides. So, uh in the future, I'll do more if my guides give me other topics in the mediumship series. Next question. I have tried many times to connect with my grandmother and dad, but with no success. I meditate every day, but I do have good dreams. Could that be the way they're communicating if I dream about them? Absolutely. Those in the spirit world know the best way to get through to each soul here in human form. And they're going to use whatever is the best energetic match for you. So it could be dream visitations. If they're a really strong communicator and you have just the right vibration, perhaps they'll actually show up as a light at the end of the bed. For most spirits, they send us signs using the consciousness of Creatures like butterflies, dragonflies, birds. Other souls will play with our electronics. There are many ways they get us signs. But as far as connecting with our own loved ones, please don't stop meditating. That's how I opened up my awareness to the and access to the greater reality through my desire to connect with our Susan. And it sent me on this path that I never expected Answering that previous question, I told you how I took Ty to a medium to see if we could connect with Susan. Do you know that Ty didn't even know what a medium was when we went to see one? That's because I had no idea I would one day be working as a medium. Those abilities became apparent thanks to my daily practice of meditation. But it took me two years of meditating before I even discovered that I could connect as well. And it's been eight years after that of daily meditation and honing that connection. And even so, my beloved mom, Ruthie, passed two months ago, and I have not felt her presence without being taken to her by my friend Brenda across the veil. I would dearly love to have a visit with my mom, but this is what I have come to learn as a result of not being able to connect with my own mother. There is a reason for the connection or the lack of the connection. And it all has to do with your soul's growth. Because we don't ever know when that connection is going to happen or even if that connection is going to happen, what does that leave us to do? Work on ourselves. Do that meditation. Clear out the gunk in your system. Clear out the wounds. Shine a light on anything within your energetic field that could be blocking that connection. It's because of my own awareness that I haven't tuned into my mom that I've been asking my guides for greater guidance. And have, it has led to an incredible increase in my own connection in readings 
and yet I'm still not connecting with my mom. So do you see, it's a trade-off all for the soul's growth. So please don't be frustrated if you haven't connected with your own loved one. Instead, increase your connection with your guides. And my new Hemisync CD is all about that, working with your guides. And ask your guides, what can I do to increase the connection across the veil? It's going to be different for each of us, for each of us has different issues to work on, different wounds from the past to heal. As uh, my friend Brenda said when she came through to me after passing, we're all walking wounded and the scars look like little knife wounds in the aura. But when you shine a light on them, they look like glow worms from across the veil. Isn't that a beautiful image? So don't be frustrated. Work on yourself. Don't give up hope. Look for the signs and absolutely dream visits are real. I can get a little wordy sometimes, so I hope you don't mind, but without anybody able to call in today because the system is broken. If you're just joining us, we can't take live callers today. So I get to just talk for a solid hour. No problem. I have my guides right here. Did you guys know you're never alone? Never alone. I used to to be afraid of the silence. I didn't like the silence. I had to have the radio on all the time or the TV on all the time. And I still enjoy the radio. Don't have time or interest for TV these days, but I love the silence. That's when we really can hear the insights from our guides and be reminded to be present. Let me move on to another question. Some of these that were presented in advance. Let's see. When I ask a question to my guide, or my son who transitioned in January, I get a fluttering feeling in my solar plexus area. And I also hear the answer in my head. Wow, how awesome is that? I'm, that, I'm very happy for this woman. I'm assuming it's a woman. What kind of clairs is this? Well, she's using a mediumship term, meaning is this clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience? When you get a fluttery feeling in your solar plexus area, that would be clairsentience. That means clear feeling. And the solar plexus is the seat of clairsentience in conjunction with the heart. Hearing an answer from a loved one across the veil is clairaudience. Some mediums and some teachers will tell you you can work on one or another to increase it. My understanding is that as we clear out blockages in our energetic field, based on what I was talking about in answering the last question, all of the clairs will automatically become stronger. But you can tune in specifically, move your awareness to the heart and the solar plexus area and feel into the presence of your loved one. You can listen with the eyes of the soul and simply hear if the thoughts in your head are your own or sense if they come from your loved one. That's called clairaudience. And I can hear some of you listening right now. How do I know it's not just my imagination? Ask your loved one for a sign in the future to show you that it's really them and actually tell them what sign you'd like to get. Or just follow any guidance you hear, act on it. And if that turns out to be a good thing for you, then you know you can trust it and just keep asking. All righty. Again, the show is live, but we can't take live callers due to a challenge 
in the studio, so I am just reading previously sent in questions. The next one reads, the aura and energy of Jesus, when we do healings and ask for his presence to be with us, does the energy permeate the healer and the recipient? Well, that's a great question. And this, again, takes us back to that point of view. From the human viewpoint, that is a limited sense of self. And some of you listening might say, well, I couldn't possibly tune into the consciousness, the energy field of Jesus. Jesus, as a person, was a limited self. But all of us at the higher level are one, one field of love, one field of pure consciousness, of pure awareness. And from that field arose and continues to arise an energetic pattern that we would know as the consciousness of Jesus, just as the energetic pattern that you would know as you arises. And because we all arise from that same field as pure energy, as light, you can say to yourself, I am the light, and that's what we're talking about, then of course, that energy of Jesus and the energy of you permeates everything. So no matter who you call to be present with you, if you do healing, if you do anything, that energy permeates anything because that light is limitless and is everywhere, and you are that. The soul recognizes the truth in these words. If the human part of you has trouble wrapping your head around that, then we need to move our awareness out of the thinking head, as we discussed at the beginning of this hour, and slide down into the heart area and simply know, I am the light. I am limitless awareness. I am everywhere and nowhere. I am borderless beyond time and space. This is the message that Jesus and other masters came to teach us. I and the Father are one, one light. The Father is the source from which we arise. Jesus was showing his awareness that he is the Father, meaning the source, the pure consciousness, and he was the story of the man, Jesus. Two points of view. And that's why Jesus said, whatever I can do, you can do as well, if not more. I'm paraphrasing it incorrectly. But this is because from that limitless awareness, we know that all things are possible because all of us as a story arise from the field of limitless possibility, of full potential. How exciting is that? If you're feeling limited, then you're in the story, identifying with the human role. Sit in the silence regularly and ask your guides, who am I beyond the story? Ask for the experience of it, not this thing that you try to wrap your head around because that's impossible. The head cannot experience infinity. 
limitlessness. Ask to have that experience. And you better, if you're a woman listening to this show, don't put your makeup on first because you may end up sobbing and have mascara running down your face when you touch that love that truly is our true nature. It'll leave you sobbing in bliss and perhaps sobbing at the fact that you didn't realize it until now at a human level. And it'll make you just want to work more on clearing out the human story so that you can walk around knowing I am both human and pure love. I'm being nudged by my guides right now to talk about another thing that we're going to talk about the, the Holy You Retreat. The definition of love, as it was just given to me recently by Sanaya, it's so succinct. In fact, I'll tell you, I was walking with Ty. We were walking on our daily walk around the neighborhood, really fast paced, and I suddenly got it. And I held my hands up above my head in this, in this, oh my God, moment. And he looked at me and he didn't even ask what, because I do this kind of thing so often. Ty, I know you're listening to the show. And he would recognize these moments when I do silly things, when I just get it. But that big aha moment was when the guide said this beautiful definition of what love is. Love is absence of separation. Who the human being sees itself as a separate self. And so we know conditional love. But what is it when you fall in love with someone, even in your human story? Suddenly, you just love everything about them. There's, there are no differences that matter. There's no separation. You want to be with them all the time. That lack of a sense of separation, we call that love within the story of the human. So that's within the human world why we feel love. But then shift now to soul awareness and imagine that we all come from this one field of pure light pure potential, where there is no real separation, the source, God. We are that pure awareness that has no separation. And that's why they say God is love, because there is no differentiation, just oneness. I hope you like that, that definition of love. Chew on that for a while. Roll around in that. Love is absence of separation. Can you see then why if everybody got this, that we are the light, there would be no more war, there would be no more conflict, there would be no more hate and anger and judgment because there would be an awareness that there is no separation. We would all know we're acting out stories. That would be utopia. Well, as more and more of us get this and apply these principles, we're raising the consciousness of all humanity. We have a ways to go, but it is very possible to walk around in awareness of being both human and spirit. That's the goal of my Holy You retreat, to help us be in that merged state at all times. Next question, let's see what somebody sent in ahead of time. My 15-year-old farm dog is in the process of passing. He has tried to go home many times and couldn't quite get to go. I have told him I'm okay for him to go. His brother in spirit from two years ago 
is in spirit, and I know he will welcome his brother dog. What can I do to help him go with ease? Huh. Well, you know, of course, animals are souls. They don't have souls. They are souls. Just like us and all creatures, they arise from that sea of pure awareness, pure consciousness, love, the light that we've been speaking about during this program. And so the soul of the dog knows all as well. That's what we have to understand from the soul perspective. The soul knows, just like for we humans, we often know at a soul level before it's our time. And so just holding that awareness and knowing that all is well, just speak to the dog's soul from the soul, heart to heart, from that place of knowing. That's quite different from the place of thinking. And just send love. We can all do that at all times, whether to our dogs, whether to loving human beings, no matter what's going on. That is prayer. That is prayer. Speaking heart to heart, soul to soul. Even when you're in conflict with someone, instead of supporting their story that might be in conflict with yours, see beyond that and know that you can have differences with each other. But beyond that, I see you. I see your soul. So for the dogs, for our, our loved, loved, beloved pets who are passing, just send them love. Let them know it's okay, soul to soul, to go. And I can assure all of you that our pets do experience life across the veil in the form that we hope to see them. We will see them again. I've had enough evidence from pets in the readings that I do and I need the evidence. So when they show me how they pass, they come through to talk to their their owners who are having a reading. They show me how they pass. They show me favorite toys that they ha had. They show me favorite habits that they had. It's so comforting to me to see that. And uh, so it's not, these aren't just platitudes that I share with you now to help us all feel better. It is the truth. You will see your pets again. And they are greeted with love, just like all of us. All righty. Here's another question. We have a few minutes left. Again, if you've joined us late, we're unable to take live calls today due to a challenge in the system. But we just say, isn't that interesting? And I'm answering <laughs> questions that people send in in advance. Here's a, have time for one more here. I'm at a crossroad of wanting to follow my heart's desire to just stop and enjoy the journey, start my social security and maybe a part-time job and just flow with each day. But doesn't that sound great? The other part is screaming that I should get a nine to five job. What is the best way for me to discern the most right path for me to follow now? This is a great question and it's, and it's indicative of how to make any decision. And it's right there in the question. You can feel the peace and the joy that's coming from the heart when this person who wrote the question says that it's their heart's desire to just do this. That's the heart saying it's okay to do that. But if the other part is screaming, that's the head. And anything with a should is in the head. So get out of the head, go to the heart, follow the heart. Now, some people may say that's not reasonable. What if I don't have money, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, go to that heart space, connect with your guides and ask, is this the right move for me? When you get an answer, ask for a sign. But the heart already knows the answer. It's the human fear 
that comes from a sense of separation and lack that keeps us in the story that says, I'm not going to be safe. I can't do this right now. So the best way to discern the right path with any decision is to get into a nice expanded state of mind, get out of the brain mind, move the awareness down to the heart mind, moving from thinking mode to knowing mode. Merge your awareness with the greater reality coming from soul awareness, knowing there are always two aspects to you at all time. Ask whatever question is challenging you. Ask it of higher consciousness. What is the best move for me now? And test the answer in your body. If there's a clenching at the solar plexus, you're not quite ready to follow that guidance yet. If all feels loose, free, flowing, then act on that. See how it goes and keep acting on that openness. That's the answer that says yes. I hope that what I've shared with you today has been helpful. We're going to have uh, guests back in the studio again next week. But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks to Unity Online Radio for letting me share with all of you. I love you all and be well. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.